Welcome back to Girls Gone Healthy. You're in for a treat this week. We are talking with Amy, who's a dietitian, and I called this listen to this before you start your next diet because diets are hard and we talk about why they're not sustainable and usually when you start a diet, you have to do a crazy amount of change in your life. You have to start thinking so much more about what you're eating. There's all these rules that are now placed on you and for what, right? Like if it's just going to last a week, two weeks, maybe a month, like that's not really worth it. So what can you do instead? What are those little changes that you can start to make in order to prevent you from having to make a crazy lifestyle change? So we really deep dive into diets, into the fad diets, into would it work for you? Would it not work for you? Who it's good for? And maybe some alternatives you can take instead. And so if there's any question that you've had about them, this is the episode for you. And then if you're not quite convinced that dieting is not the way to do it, there's also a very timely episode. I uploaded it two weeks ago. It's called Health News Alert. And it's about these different diets that made it into the news because you know, they're kind of really bad for you and a lot of them are not nutritious. And so this one combined with that one, I think does a really good job of the education behind it and then also how you might have seen it in your life. So if you enjoy this podcast, make sure to subscribe. Please give it a five-star review. That would mean so much to me and I hope you enjoy this episode. Are you stuck on where to start when it comes to getting in shape, feeling more confident in your body, or eating right? I want to break the idea that you have to stick to a diet and crazy workout routine in order to be healthy and reach your goals. Hi guys, I'm Emily Kaufman. I was a burnt out division one athlete, turned stay at home couch potato, now turned group fitness junkie. If you're ready to ditch finding the perfect diet and workout routines that make you feel weak, this is the place for you. Welcome to the tribe girls gone healthy. Hi guys, so today we're joined by Amy Kreese. She was an athlete in college. She was a division one swimmer and now she's a registered dietitian. She's located in California, but she works with clients virtually everywhere. Her goal is she wants her clients to feel more at ease when it comes to nutrition. Eating causes a lot of people stress and there's so many other things to stress about. So she really aims to take that part away from nutrition. So thanks for joining us today, Amy. Yeah. Hi, Emily. I'm super excited to be on here. I've listened to some of your podcasts already and I love the vibe that you have and it fits in right along with my philosophy. Awesome. That's great to hear. Yeah, because you also try to simplify nutrition, simplify health. So I'm glad that you're on here with us today to be able to explain that to our listeners too. Yeah. And just because nutrition is such a complicated topic, I think that the more that we can simplify it for people, the easier it's going to be. Yeah, so the reason that I have you on today is we're going to talk all about fad diets and all the diets that we may be seeing on social media and online right now. So I'd like to begin by you sharing your own personal journey. And do you have any experience with diets? Yeah, so in school, the word diet meant way of eating. And so that's how I've always used it. I say, you know, I'm on balanced diet or Mediterranean diet. But along the way, it somehow got twisted to where diet means weight loss, where you're on a very, very specific way of eating to achieve a certain goal. And my experience really started 
during college because although I was a nutrition student, I, right after I graduated, probably gained, I don't know, 10, 15 pounds. And it was really difficult from being an athlete that was very, very fit to having a different body image. And instead of going back to what I learned during my many, many classes, I went to what diet should I go on? Or should I cut carbs? Should I go on paleo diet? And really, that's where it began. And as time went on, I realized that it doesn't have to be a specific diet that I'm on to achieve better health or a certain weight goal, if that's the case. Yeah. So even though you studied nutrition in college, why do you think that you went into the diet culture and seeing what diet you should go on versus everything you had been learning? Because we always want things like yesterday. I don't want to lose weight in four months. It'd be so much easier if I lost it in a week because we always want that fast fix. Naturally, when it comes to nutrition or weight changes, we're not the most patient and I certainly wasn't. So yeah, I learned how to lose weight healthily over the span of many months. But when you look at some of these articles where you could lose weight in a week or two weeks doing something drastic, that's still so much more appealing. Yeah. So how would you describe your diet now? There's nothing I don't eat. That would be (laughs) the, I mean, the one sentence I would say, I'm allergic to shrimp. So I definitely don't eat shrimp. But I eat a lot of different things. I mean, one thing I always try to get in most days is vegetables, because I think at least all diets can agree vegetables are healthy. But it's a variety. You know, if one day I find that I want more carbs, I eat more carbs. If one day I'm accidentally high fat and because that tastes good for that day, then that's what I eat. I just make sure that I'm eating enough to where I'm not feeling really hungry before my next meal. And I also think that it's very important to enjoy what you eat because if you're not, there's no way you're going to maintain that. Yeah, that's super important because if you're just filling yourself up on things you don't enjoy, you're just going to drop that diet real fast and go back to the things that you do like. Exactly. I mean, the easiest diet or way of eating that you can do is one that you're going to stick with for the rest of your life and not feel like you can't go out in social outings and have chips and salsa or have you know a huge margarita without feeling guilty that you're going to you know not be able to achieve your goal weight, etc. Yeah. So how would you describe fad diets? Like what are some examples? I think a really popular one right now would be keto. That one I know we've seen a lot more often, intermittent fasting. Juicing, I think we've gone a little bit away from that, thank goodness, but I still think it's out there. Low carb is still very, very popular too. Mm-hmm. And who are these type of diets good for? Are they good for anyone? I don't think, in my opinion, in my experience, that they're great for anyone long term. Are there some medical issues that can benefit from going on keto? Yes. Um, it originally was created for people that were epileptic. So there actually are really good benefits for that. But for the general individual, going on a low-carb diet for a very long period of time or even six months, I don't think is that beneficial. Yeah. And is that just because it's not meant to be sustained long-term? Yeah. So your body needs carbs. Can you live without them? 
sure, but you don't thrive without them. And that's especially why we always complain that your boyfriend or your spouse always loses weight easier than you. And men and women respond to different diets. Keto and low carb really isn't great for women in my experience. You know, it can start to affect energy levels, thyroid health. And for men, we often don't see that same effect. So if someone's going to be cutting carbs for six months and maybe we see weight trend downwards, which could be their goal, but they're suffering elsewhere, you know, maybe thyroid health or they can't enjoy going out with their friends and it's not going to be a good diet for them. Yeah. And so I know that some people do see results for fad diets. Like you always have that one friend that's like, oh, yeah, I went on keto and I dropped 20 pounds in the first month. So then other people want to do the same. If you have a client that comes in asking you about that diet, what do you say to them? We all have different needs. We have different genes and we all respond to things differently. If every single person ate the exact same way, the exact same calories, did the same workouts, we still wouldn't look the same. And I think it takes a lot for people to really think about that sentence. Because we see these articles where it says, look what this celebrity ate in a day and they look amazing. It doesn't mean that we're going to look like that. We don't know what else is going on either. And so if someone really wants to try the keto diet, sure, we certainly could, but I'm gonna let them know, hey, these are the benefits that some people have seen. These are the cons. You know, if someone's eating a ton of processed foods, maybe way too many carbs for what they need, and we cut that out, we're going to see some good changes. But it's usually because of where someone started that you're going to see the most benefit. Yeah. And that is such gold right there to what you just said. If everyone ate the same, the same amount, the same foods and exercised the same, we'd all still have different bodies. We would all still look differently. And I think that's so important to remember because it's like, okay, so why are you trying to follow someone else plan by plan, meal by meal, meal, if that's not going to be your same results? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, how I eat, I would never say that someone else should eat exactly like that too. I mean, stress levels impact things as well. If someone's working out six days a week, high intensity, which I usually don't recommend many people doing, they're going to have different needs than someone else who isn't working out. Yeah. So a lot of people today, I feel like whenever they're thinking about their health, they'll just jump on the bandwagon of, okay, I'm going to try this diet. And when that one doesn't work, they try another one. And then that one doesn't work. And they just get on this cycle. So what is a good alternative that you give your clients instead of labeling a certain diet that you prescribe them? I think it's a good idea to start looking at how you're eating on a regular basis right now. Are you eating out a lot? Are you skipping meals? Where are some potential areas for improvement? And then just focus on one or two of those. Let's say doing a lot of soda or not eating enough. And so come evening time, your body is telling you to eat literally everything in sight. And if we find one thing where we, that's an opportunity where we can change, if they just focus on that for the next couple of weeks, you could see changes from that then we'd go on to another area and see if we can improve that. Yeah, so you're just kind of assessing how they're currently doing everything and then seeing small improvements from their current. Yeah, so take where someone's at and then slowly make these shifts 
Because if we go from someone that's having very, very little protein and we need more protein, I'm not going to have them do a huge amount of protein right away because that's not sustainable. We like these small changes and we hear about that all the time, but it's not as sexy as something like low carb or we're doing intermittent fasting. It doesn't have a name for it. And I think that's what sometimes so alluring to people because you can say I'm doing fasting or I'm doing this and everyone knows what that is versus, oh, I'm just eating healthier. This doesn't have a cool ring to it. Yeah. It's not as fun to tell someone about. And, and I think we do need that that sexy term or this is what the celebrity is eating. And I mean, I probably still click on those articles more because I'm curious what they're saying. But I mean, it's, it's always going to be around us, but it's, you know, having the knowledge of, okay, why is this working for someone and why might it not work for me? Yeah. So why is the number one reason that so many diets fail? Is it because you're making such a drastic change at one time? I do think that's a big part of it because our bodies like habit. And if we went from eating high carb to low carb, we could probably do it for a set period of time. But eventually you're going to start to loosen the reins a little bit. We add things back in. And a lot of us are that all or nothing. I'm either 100% on my diet or my diet starts tomorrow. So it's hard to find that middle ground. And so when people fall off that bandwagon of you know eating low carb, let's say, well then, oh well, I might as well just go back to eating high carb. So I think that's part of it. Another part of it is, I guess, it's just not the right fit for us. It's not that you just can't maintain it, but maybe it wasn't the right thing for you and your individual needs. Yeah, because if you're following a specific diet and it's not filling you up because you're completely lacking in some nutrition part, then yeah, you're not going to be happy with that. And that's probably not for you and not for your body. Exactly. So, I mean, we're hearing a lot more things about plant-based, which I think is fantastic because no one's overeating vegetables or plants in general, not even a dietitian. Uh, But for someone, even though it's a healthy diet, being primarily plant-based or being vegan might not work for their lifestyle. And that's perfectly fine. It doesn't make one diet better than the other. And I use diet here as just way of eating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I really liked what you talked about too, about nutrition kind of you're building it up. It's not something that, you know, if you compare it to fitness, you can't just go into the gym the first time and choose the heaviest dumbbell like it's something that you build up and I think that we don't think of nutrition that same way we think that we can just create these new habits change our diet completely but our bodies do like habit and it will kind of go back to what we're naturally eating before so it is something that we should work up we have to turn it into a habit and when we make a drastic change we didn't really have that time to turn it into a habit and we usually think of dieting as short term No one plans to diet for the rest of their life, nor should they. But if we think of, I'm just trying to eat healthier versus I'm dieting, that shifts that mindset too. Yeah. So how do you usually recommend someone starting to build these healthier habits? I do think writing a food journal can be helpful. And it doesn't have to be a calorie tracking app because I don't love those. But if you just write a week of what you're eating And even sometimes how hungry you are before your meals, if you find you're overeating, just seeing that on paper gives you so much insight. 
And you might notice, wow, I really didn't have any vegetables this whole week, or I'm really having a lot of snacky foods, dessert after dinner when I'm not really hungry. And I think it's great for someone to come to that own realization versus me telling them that. And that's why working with people, it's a relationship. It's not me saying you shouldn't do this, you should do that. But it's asking, where do you see some improvement? Where can we make some changes so that you're eating a little bit healthier and feeling better? Yeah, that's a great recommendation too, because there is a lot of knowledge that we do know ourselves that we just don't give ourselves credit for. And so if you are writing it down and you notice, okay, I've had no vegetables, but I labeled 10 different snacks. It's like, okay, you know that maybe that's what you should start focusing on there. You don't necessarily need someone to be telling you. Exactly. And, you know, education is part of it too. And talking about what does a balanced meal look like? You should be including carbs versus just having meat and veggies. And so it's, I mean, it really helps to have that relationship and talk through things and, you know, notice when your energy levels are low versus when you're feeling really good. Cause you can often look back at, let's say a food journal and say, well, I didn't eat enough this day. And so when I got home, that's probably why I ate everything in the pantry. Your body needs food and it's going to let you know when it needs more food. Yeah, so then you can start noticing those trends of when you're hungrier after what meals or maybe if you keep skipping breakfast but you're snacking all morning. Okay, maybe that's when you should add in breakfast. Yeah, or stressed. If you know you're really stressed and you're eating a lot of sweets and desserts, that's the reason. It doesn't mean you need to feel guilty about it, but if you understand the reason, it's easier to shift that habit. Yeah. So with fad diets... Is there a reason to not even try one? Like I know usually it's like, oh, worst case scenario with this diet is it just won't work. But do they have any long-term effects? Some of them are relatively new. So keto is one that's pretty new for a lot of people doing it that we don't know the long-term effect of it. Um, I mean, I know we can see some shift with thyroid function, but we don't know, you know, keto, does it affect your gut health long-term? Does it affect I mean, fertility too? Because we need those carbs for fertility. And so we just don't know. And a lot of people just can't maintain that diet. So it's probably going to be hard to find long-term effects too. And it's not to say that all these diets are bad because there are some different benefits for them. Like intermittent fasting. I have recommended that to people based on seeing their labs for certain scenarios, it can be really helpful. But that's knowing someone, knowing their needs, knowing their goals. If someone just goes and starts a diet, we don't know if that's really going to be helpful for their health. Like keto and heart health for some people really isn't recommended. Yeah. So you can't just say, oh, weight loss is my goal. I'll try these diets that other people have lost weight on. Yeah. And I mean, intermittent fasting for people can work well if they find that they're snacking because they're not hungry because it kind of cuts off that time frame there. But for someone else, they might be under eating because of that. And long term, under eating is a big stress on the body. And we can see that. Yeah. So it's just everyone reacts differently. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the mentality behind eating healthier diets, all of that. 
Do you find that people have to make big mental shifts when they start working with you into how they're thinking about their diet? I do see that a lot because eating is so much more than physical. It is mental. I mean, we eat because we also enjoy food. We eat it in a social outing. We eat when we're happy. We eat when we're sad. And so, you know, sometimes in diet culture, we're taught, you know, food is fuel and that's all that it is. We eat just to give ourselves energy, but we have to shift that mindset to where food is more than that. You should enjoy the food that you're eating versus, you know, if you just want chicken, rice and veggies and you're not enjoying that, but maybe it's healthy for you right now, we, we just have to shift that mindset and look at food differently. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Are there any other big myths that clients come to you with when they first start working with a dietitian? Potatoes. <laughs> I feel so bad for potatoes sometimes. Uh, potatoes and bananas. So it's usually carbs and conversations around carbs where we find the biggest myths because people always think I'm eating too many carbs or I'm not eating the right carbs. And maybe for some people that's true, but we have such a fear of them. And I always find myself going to bat for carbs more than any other macronutrient like fat or protein, because, you know, we've gone from such a low carb diet. So many diets are involving low carbs And so it takes a very long time for people to look at them differently. Many of my clients, it is a continuous conversation telling them, you know, are you, do you feel comfortable adding more carbs? Do you feel like you're eating enough carbs? And I'm always asking that because there's just that fear of them. Yeah. So that is the mentality part that you're talking about too. It's like, no, we do want to add in all of these other foods. You don't need to be restricting a certain one um, and kind of getting their mentality shifts of, okay, carbs are good. This is part of your diet. Exactly. And carbs are a food that we typically overeat more than the other nutrients, but a lot of women I see under eating them. Yeah. It doesn't mean we should be afraid of them just because we have a history of overeating them. And I, th- I think men, are, men are, aren't as afraid of carbs, I find, when working with men. But it's, it's more women because we're, we're always kind of taught, you know, let's lean and tone and be thin. And for some reason, having more carbs is almost seen as going against that image that seems to be thrown our way a lot. Yeah, that's really interesting to think about, too, because... That's also kind of what I think happens in my mind too when I'm planning a meal or planning something. It's I do overeat on a lot of carbs. Like if a bread is given to my table when I'm going out to eat, like I'll finish the whole basket myself. (laughs) So it's kind of, you know, not being afraid to add those into other meals on purpose, being like, no, this actually is giving me benefits. And like bread. So I've made meals before where I have veggies and I have meats. And I always find myself asking, okay, where am I going to get my carbs? And sometimes if, I, if I'm if i lazy or I don't have a lot of carbs to make, great, I'm going to do bread with butter. And that's going to be my carb. Versus just having these meat and veggies, you're not getting enough calories, you're not getting enough carbs that you really do need. Yeah, that's great to hear. So thank you so much for sharing all this today. I just wanted to give you the time here to talk about what you work with your clients on and where people can find you and more about your business. 
Yeah, so I am currently in Huntington Beach, but I have a private practice that's virtual going on right now. And I work in sports nutrition, weight loss. If someone's just looking to be healthier, learn more about nutrition, I have a really big passion in lab testing. Uh, my previous job, I interpreted labs and based nutrition plans off of that. So I think it's really cool to have this concrete information available and tell someone, you know, this actually be really beneficial based on your labs. It takes some of the guesswork out of it. Uh, you can find me. My Instagram is at nutrition by Amy underscore RD. And I love getting new followers. I love having conversations about nutrition I know some dietitians don't like talking about it, but there is never a conversation that I will turn away from with family, friends, strangers. You know, there's no right way to look at nutrition. So any conversation I love, love, love to have. Perfect. And I'll put all of her information below and the link to her Instagram. So definitely go check her out. She posts a lot of great content free education. You can ask her any questions that you want. So thank you so much for coming on today, Amy. Thanks, Emily. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi. Come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.